Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I have been praying this whole past week, every morning, diligently seeking the face of God and searching the heart of God because I wanted to bring a now word to us. Moving uh, a little away from the teaching on the values of the kingdom of God, and so I have been searching the heart of God in order to hear a fresh word from Him. And I believe the Lord has spoken to us. And last week I ministered to you concerning a new season or entering a season of preparation. As I sensed in my heart, in my spirit, that we are crossing over into another dimension or another season in the Spirit, which I believe if we are fully yielded to the Lord and obedient to His Spirit, this new season will be more fruitful and productive where our calling and purpose in life is concerned. Now, preparing for this new season, I believe, involves the kind of work that deals primarily with our wine skins. Jesus said the new wine cannot be poured into old wine skins. They need new wine skins for the new wine to be poured in. And every new season, I believe, in our lives must begin with the preparation of both our minds as well as our hearts in getting ourselves ready to step into this new season, into this new territory, both spiritually and mentally and oftentimes physically. Now, last week I shared with you two of the most important dynamic keys which have helped me throughout the years of my walk with the Lord to prepare for every new season in my own spiritual walk. And those two dynamic keys are praying in the Spirit or praying in other tongues, as well as the discipline of fasting. Now these two ordinances help to soften our hearts and sensitize our minds so that we could easily flow with the leading of the Holy Spirit. They prepare us or prepare our inner being as well as our soul to embrace the new things that God desires to bring into 
our lives. And I found those two ordinances, as for me, they helped me a great deal. Now, I believe that one of the things that prevents us from entering into higher dimensions in the Spirit is a thing that is called hardness of heart. Many people blame God for unanswered prayer. They blame the circumstances. They blame the situations they are in. They blame other people. When in fact, the primary cause is their hardness of heart. And, um, and I, want to, I want to take some time to talk about the dangers today or the perils of a hardened heart. Because a hardened heart will bring you into a place that will probably cause injury, loss, or even destruction. Now, before we go any further, let me give you the definition of a hardened heart. What is a hardened heart? The Bible speaks about the hardness of our hearts. A hardened heart is a heart that has lost its tenderness. It has become insensitive and unresponsive both towards God and towards people. It is the state of someone who has become proud and void of empathy and compassion toward others. That's basically a heart and heart. It is desensitized. It is not no longer sensitive or tender towards God, toward the things of God, toward the counsel of the Lord or the leading of the Lord. And also, it is not sensitive towards people, has no compassion, no mercy. And, and that's the state of someone's heart that has become proud, hardened, and arrogant. Let me give you some biblical examples of a hardened heart. In the Gospel of St. Mark, we see a perfect example of a hardened heart in the religious leaders who were more concerned about the religious protocols than they were concerned about the desperate need of the people around them. And uh, let's read together from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 3, beginning with verse 1 through to verse 6. And Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. And so they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Step forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life? or to kill. But they kept silent. And when Jesus looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of the hearts, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. 
Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Notice how Jesus, seeing the hardness of the heart of the religious leaders, the Bible says that he became angry and he was grieved over the state and the condition of the heart. Why? Because the Pharisees knew the scriptures. They ought to know better. They had the law and the prophets. But what they lacked, they lacked compassion and they lacked mercy. And as a result, they lost the ability to minister effectively to God's people. And that's what happens to us when our hearts grow hard and indifferent and we are more concerned about religion and religious practices. We are more concerned about things that pertain to religion or a set of rules and regulations. And we are so bent on them and we, we, do, not, we do not focus on the substance and the heart of the gospel which is love, mercy, and compassion toward others, then our hearts become hardened and insensitive towards God and towards the plight of those who are suffering or going through a difficult time or they have a need or whatever the case may be. Now, <clears throat> the dangers of falling into the same deception is just as real today as it was in the days of old. We can become so familiar with the scriptures because we hear it every day, and we can boast about the knowledge of the word that we have. We can sit in church Sunday after Sunday. We can worship God with our mouth and our songs. We can pray, we can give, and yet remain untouched by the plight of the people around us because our hearts are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And it's a real danger. Let's look at another example of, of a hardened heart. And this, this hits close to home because this was the condition of the disciples prior to the day of Pentecost. Remember, the disciples walked with the Lord for three and a half years. They saw the miracles that Jesus did. They shared his life up close with him. They rubbed shoulders together for three and a half years. They listened to all of his teachings every single day. And yet, the Bible says they had a hardened heart that was filled with unbelief. This was Mark's testimony or record as he records the events after the Lord's resurrection. And we read this record in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 14. We read the following. Later, he appeared to the eleven, that is Jesus, as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen after he had risen from the dead. <clears throat> we see here that Jesus rebuked the unbelief of the disciples as well as the hardness of heart. Now, I believe with all of my heart, and this was revealed to me by the Spirit as I was in prayer the other day, 
God's heart is grieved today and broken over the hardness of the heart of his people and our lack of compassion. Not only that, I believe he weeps over the lack of repentance we display. And listen to how God feels about a hardened heart. If you really want to know what he thinks about it, even though we've seen it in the person of Jesus, where that hardness of heart in the Pharisees angered him and grieved his spirit to such an extent. We read in the book of Hebrews chapter 3, beginning with verse 7 through to 13, the following. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the day of rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where our fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for forty years. The children of Israel, primarily in the desert, all they did was complain and grumble and, and, and be unthankful for the situations they were finding themselves in. You can see the lack of tenderness in the heart, the lack of humility. They were proud, they were arrogant, they were moaning and complaining about everything. They forgot the days of slavery. They forgot where they came from and the hearts became hardened and they rebelled against God. We go on reading and God says, therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in the heart. The problem is in the heart, folks. When our hearts are hardened, the results would be that we would go astray from God's heart. We would depart from the presence and from the, from the will of God in our lives. That's what a hardened heart does. It takes us away from intimacy, from fellowship, from walking and communicating and fellowshipping with God. And God says, I was angry with that generation and, and said, they always go astray in the heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you He's talking to us today. And he says, Beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, what generation is God talking about here? He's referring to the generation that always went astray in their hearts because they were hardened through their rebellion and through their sin. These folks were prevented from entering into their promised land because of the hearts that were hardened. And the same thing can happen to us today and be prevented from entering into our promised land and experiencing God's very best if we harbor in us a hardened and an insensitive heart. And that's the reason the Bible exhorts us 
Now, the word exhort means to urge or to advise. Another meaning means to caution earnestly, admonish urgently. It also means to give urgent advice, recommendations, or even warnings. That's what the word exhort means. So it is for this purpose that we are called and admonished to exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of us be hardened. Now, over the years, I have realized this one thing, that we don't have to commit some grave sin for our hearts to grow hard and insensitive. All we need to do, I believe, is just be negligent when it comes to engaging the Lord in prayer and in regular fellowship with His Word. When we neglect the assembling of ourselves together, of encouraging one another, of coming together, the Bible says, as the manner of some is, they neglect this coming together, this assembling together, this exhorting and encouraging one another. And before we realize it, we are in the grips of unbelief. All you have to do is nothing. Just put your Bible away for a few days, you know, um, neglect your prayer life. And before you realize it, your heart has grown hard and insensitive towards God and towards people. In Proverbs chapter 24, we see the results of a man who has become negligent and lazy in taking care of his field. Now, there's also a spiritual significance here that I want us to get. Now, this man, the Bible talks about becoming lazy and negligent. And instead of getting to work in his field, the Bible says a little sleep, a little slumber. He was falling asleep, folding of his hands and so on and so forth. Let's read it together and also understand that it has a spiritual connotation as well as a natural. Proverbs chapter 24, beginning with verse 30 to 34. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 30 to 34. Wisdom says, I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And so shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. You know, just like the farmer is responsible to keep his field cultivated and free from those things which prevent it from producing a harvest, even so we need to realize that it is our responsibility and no one else's to keep and maintain the tenderness of our heart. It's not anybody else's responsibility. I wish I could do that for you. I wish I could do it for everyone, but I can't. I can only give you the word. I can minister to you what God says, 
but it is your responsibility to take that word, to work with it, to stay in prayer and maintain that tenderness and that sensitivity of your heart, of your spirit towards God and toward those around you. Now, you need to understand that we live in a hostile world and we are continually surrounded every single day with unbelief and with negative reports in this evil present world. Keeping a tender heart in a world that is filled with violence and hatred, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. Now, don't misunderstand me when I speak about work and I speak about effort. Listen to what the Word says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So this scripture here speaks about work. Work out your own salvation. You know, salvation is free. It's a free gift from God. But when we receive it, we have to work with the grace of God. We have to cooperate with what He is communicating to us. And that involves effort and work. Now, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling doesn't mean that we strive in the flesh to, to accomplish something in our own efforts or in our own strength but rather we rely on the grace of God within us to keep us in an attitude of humility and repentance before the Lord. James says that God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. That is why the word says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Now, God cannot humble us. He can provide the circumstances or the favorable situations where we humble ourselves, but God cannot humble us. We humble ourselves. And that is why the word says, you humble yourself and God will exalt you. That is something we do and not God. He gives us the grace to do it, and the more we humble ourselves before the Lord, the more we come in an attitude of repentance before God, the more grace He releases toward us. Now, preparing this new wineskin that we're speaking about involves an attitude of repentance and of humbling ourselves before the Lord, asking for His grace and mercy in helping us turn from our own selfish and sinful ways. It also involves walking away from compromise, from worldliness, in an effort of cleansing both our hands and our conscience of those things which deprive us of intimacy with the Lord, those things that harden our hearts. And they... And sometimes it's just weights that we need to lay down. Sometimes it's just worries and stress and anxieties that we need to let go. Other times it involves of certain habits and things that we need to lay down so that we can embrace wholeheartedly those things that God has in store for us. You know, James, 
is a is not an easy book to read because it has some heavy and hard words in it. And we're going to look at a couple of verses in the book of James. And remember, when James wrote this letter, he didn't write it to the world. He didn't write it to the sinners. He wrote it to the church because he addressed the letter to beloved brethren. If you read James chapter 1, verse 1, you see that this letter was addressed to brethren and not to sinners or unbelieving people. In James chapter 4, we read from verse 8 to 10 the following. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That is why I say that oftentimes the Spirit of God is grieved over the lack of repentance that the church is displaying today, over the lack of, of, of true humility and brokenness of spirit and an attitude of humility coming before the Lord and asking not only to forgive us of our sins, but to, to turn from those things which displease the heart of our Heavenly Father. This kind of attitude, of course, will remove the hardness or the stony, the stones from, our, from the field of our hearts or the hardness of our heart and create within us a broken heart, one that is tender and sensitive towards God, toward others, and fill us afresh with His Holy Spirit. That's why in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 51, the word says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. And so this kind of attitude, I believe, takes away the hardness and makes our heart sensitive. In my estimation, from what I perceive in the spirit, from what I am hearing from the spirit of God, there has never been a time before such as this time to call the church to repentance. Hardly anyone preaches about repentance today. In fact, in some circles, it is advocated that we don't need to repent anymore. We repented once. God has forgiven our sins. We got to move on. You know, in many circles of the church today, the preaching of repentance has been done away with and it's replaced with much entertainment and programs. But let me say this, no matter how many programs we have, no matter how much preaching and teaching we receive, unless the word of the Lord falls on broken and repentant hearts, it will not produce the harvest of righteousness that, that the Lord is, is seeking in his people. It is say, I said it before, I'm going to say it again and again, and hopefully we're going to hear it. The heart of God is grieved over the hardness of his people's hearts and our display or 
lack of repentance. I don't know if you've read it. If you're a Bible student, I'm sure you've read it. I've read it many times where Jesus wept over Jerusalem's insensitivity and hardness of heart in regards to the timing of the visitation. And even so today, I believe God grieves over our own insensitivity. Jesus said to Jerusalem, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you only knew the time of your visitation, none of this destruction would come upon you. He was, he was speaking about the destruction that would come on the city of Jerusalem because of the hardness of the heart and their insensitivity towards Jesus because they didn't recognize him. They didn't understand or received him as he came to visit them from God's presence and bring them the message of the kingdom. And what the hardness of heart does, it dulls our spiritual recognition and reception. And when your heart is dulled or insensitive, you're not aware of what God is saying or what God is speaking to you. And you're not, you are in a situation where you become unreached. God cannot reach you. People cannot reach you because you're not listening. And as a result of the hardness of heart. Now, Proverbs chapter one and verse 23 gives us the perfect admonition. Remember that the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And in Proverbs chapter one, verse 23 says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you and I will make my words known to you. Here is the key. What is it going to cause the outpouring of God's spirit upon our lives afresh and upon the fresh, upon the church, a fresh outpouring of his spirit? Only one thing, and that's turning away from sin unto God. He said, turn at my rebuke, turn around, come back to me, come back to your first love. Draw near to God and I will draw near to you and I will pour my spirit upon you. And in that outpouring of my spirit, you will find whatever you are seeking for. You will find rest for your soul. You will find peace from striving and struggling. You will find a rest that is beyond anything you can describe. You will find satisfaction. You will find contentment. You will find yourself and you will find my plans and purposes for your life. When will that happen? When you turn, when you draw near to God, when you begin to seek his face earnestly and fervently and cry out to him from a broken heart and say, God, be merciful to me. Help me remove those things in my own life that has caused this hardness to come in, that has caused my heart to become insensitive toward you and toward those around me, that I have no compassion, no empathy, no understanding of what you're speaking to me about. And that's what unstops our spiritual ears from hearing clearly the voice of the Lord and receiving the guidance of his Holy Spirit. And it's when we, we really mean business and get serious with God. This is a serious thing, folks. 
This is not a joking matter. Today, there are so many people that are offended with God. They blame God. They blame the church. They blame the circumstances. They blame everyone else except themselves. Why didn't God answer my prayer? But I prayed and I did this and I did that and God didn't hear me. No, if there is any fault to be found, it's not in God, my brother, my sister. It's in our hearts. And that is why from time to time we got to do some soul searching. And, 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 and we need to get rid of our offense and stop blaming God. God is always right and God is always good and God is always just. And God never changes. Now, I want to read something to you that, that really these couple of days have, have caused me to ponder on these words. They're not, they're not gentle words. They're hard words. Listen to what wisdom says in the book of Proverbs, again, chapter 1, beginning with verse 24. And I want you to read it from your own Bibles. Listen to what the wisdom of God says. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes and when your terror comes like a storm, and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Phew, man, this is, this is not an easy word to communicate and to proclaim. God says, because I called and you refused, because I've stretched out my hand and you did not regard, because you, you, you disdained all my counsel when I gave it to you, you would have none of my rebuke. You're going to call me, but I will not answer you. And so this is a serious matter. When God says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And remember, the more we harden our hearts, the more harder we get. And the next time becomes even more difficult. When you sense the Spirit of God leading you in a certain direction or speaking to you about something, don't harden your heart. Yield, obey, and say, yes, Lord, I'm flowing with your will. I'm flowing with your desires. I will do as you please. I will go where you send me. I will do what you command me. Help me get rid of my unbelief. Help me get rid of my hardness of heart and create in me, as the psalmist cried out to God, create in me, O Lord, a clean heart, a sensitive heart, a tender heart that picks up even the slightest whisper from your spirit. And that's the kind of life that God leads us into, an intimate, 
way of living and walking with God and with those around us, spreading the love of God, receiving his love and giving it away. And, 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 and only a soft and a tender heart is able to do that. And so these are the perils of, of, um, of, the, of, the, of the hardened heart. And I want us to take some time during this coming week and meditate and, and read those scriptures that I've given you and say, Lord, is there any hardness in my own heart? Am I insensitive uh, towards you? Am I insensitive toward those around me? Am I not hearing the cries of those around me? Am I not hearing the, 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 the grieving of your spirit because my heart has grown so hard and insensitive? Help me to regain this tenderness, this sensitivity, this intimacy, for I long to walk with you. And God will help us. And God will lead us into those paths and to those things, the things that we need perhaps to lay down and things that we need to pick up and, um, and just, just come to the Lord and say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Search me, O God, and know my heart, the psalmist said. Try me, Lord, and know my thoughts and see, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. But don't leave me the way I am. I, I, I want more of you. I want to go further than I've gone. I want to experience more of you than I've ever experienced because I know there is so much more that I have not tasted, that I have not experienced. And I want to, I want to discover that. I want to know you better. I want to walk deeper into the things of the Spirit. And God will hear that kind of prayer. I guarantee you he will hear it. For he said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me, you're going to find out the plans and the purposes that I have for you. So I want to encourage you as we, God is leading us into this new season. That doesn't mean all of us are going to get into that. Those of us who make the necessary preparation, those of us who take the time and the effort to renew the wineskins of our hearts and of our minds, those who take the time to seek the Lord diligently and, and, uh, and, and ask him to do that kind of work through his grace in us, we will enter into a new season of productivity and fruitfulness and we'll come to a greater understanding of God and his ways and we will become more useful in the hands of the master. Amen. I know this might not be an encouraging word for us today, but... You know, I, I need to stand in the presence of God and declare that which I hear from the Lord. And believe me, for the last two weeks, these are the things that the Spirit of God has been filling my heart with, has been preparing my mind, not just for us, but for the church as a whole. And I know he's sending me to Cyprus in a matter of, of a couple of weeks, and I, I know he's sending me with one message. And that's the message of repentance from church to church, from pastor to pastor, from city to city to proclaim the now word of the Lord. You know, do you know Jesus spoke about he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet receives a prophet's reward? Do you know what the prophet's reward is? Have you ever asked the question of 
What is a prophet's reward? Is it a better job? Is it healing for your body? What is it? Well, as I search the heart of God and the scriptures, I can only come up with one answer. And it is this. The prophetic reward produces in us, listen to this, a desire and the drive to know God intimately and to obey Him instantly. It brings a true recognition of Jesus. It, it, it ushers us in into a greater level of intimacy of knowing God and walking with God and serving God and obeying Him instantly. That is a true prophetic reward. And when you encounter a prophetic ministry, something will take place in your heart that will cause you to want more of God, more of His presence, more of His fellowship, a greater understanding of who He is and the nature of God. And I pray that the Spirit of God will create that within each and every one of us, a greater level of hunger and desire for the things of the Spirit, for the person of Jesus Christ, and to know Him intimately and to love Him passionately. Amen. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. So I want to close with prayer and then uh, we will open it up. If you have a comment or a question or whatever you want to share, you're welcome. You have the freedom to share with us on the web. And, and so we can communicate and fellowship with one another, even though it is from a distance. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for giving us uh, some of the dangers and the perils of a hardened heart. And it is my prayer, Lord, today that you will deliver us from a heart that is insensitive and hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Enable us to obey the exhortation to encourage one another daily, lest our hearts be hardened, to exhort one another, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, to spur unto good works and to love, so that our hearts are kept tender and warm and sensitive to you and to the people around us. Fill our hearts afresh with love and compassion and mercy. Deliver us from religious mindsets that hinder and grieve the Holy Spirit of God and help us to focus on the things that are really important in life. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.